Hello, and welcome to the AC Podcast. I'm probably an unfamiliar voice, but my name is Jasmine, and I'm the wife of Troy, who's your regular podcast host. This episode is the AC Wives Takeover for Mother's Day. I am joined today with Sharina, wife of Steve Kim, and Melissa, the wife of Wes Huff. We are super excited to share our thoughts on motherhood, so let's get into it. I think it'd be awesome if we just started off by introducing ourselves and uh, answering those first little questions like, who are you? What do you do? Um, and how how much involved are we in AC even? And, and telling the listeners a little bit about, you know, our involvement in it. Uh, so if you maybe, Melissa, <laughs> did you want to start? I'm Melissa. I'm Wes's wife. I am a mom. I have two kids um, who are three and one, three and a half and one and a half. They're exactly two years apart almost. Um, Eli is my son and he's three and a half and Everly is my daughter. And what do I do? I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so a lot of that. (laughs) Got a ton of sleeping sometimes, but they keep us busy. I also supply teach sometimes, so I was a JK teacher before I had Eli, and I still supply teach at the school that I taught at then. I actually just came there, came from there. That's why I have this necklace from a student. Um, So I do that, and then Wes is an elder at our church too, so that takes up a lot of, you know, family bandwidth um, in a good way. So we have, you know, a discipleship group once a week and we do a lot of hosting families in our church. And then um, I'm also the children's ministry director at our church. So we're busy right now, very busy, but in a good way. (laughs) That sounds so busy. (laughs) Sounds very, very similar to a ministry life, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely ministry, just maybe not like as a pastor's wife. For sure. All right. How are you feeling? You want to go up next? Um, yeah, I'm Sharina. I am Steve's wife. Yeah, we're coming up to our 12th anniversary, so that's kind of cool. And we have two kids, um, eight and six, uh, a girl and a boy. And yeah, we are homeschooling this year for the first time. So that's been an adventure. And I work part time from home mostly um, as well. And yeah, I work in admin and that kind of thing for a pro-life organization. And yeah, we're busy too. I It's one of those like things that we're, we're not like officially in all of these, um, you know, official roles, like you were saying, Melissa, but um, it, just life just becomes really busy <laughs> and, you know, prioritizing things becomes a challenge. So anyways, yep, that's, that's us. That's you. Uh, and I am I am Troy's wife, Jasmine. Uh, we have two kids as well. Our daughter, she's four. Her name's Araya. And then we've got a son, Zakai, and he is one and a half pretty much um, to the day on the sixth. So, he, yeah, it's it's a busy time just being a mom. We I'm a stay-at-home mom. I haven't been working, so I just been spending my days at home we do serve in the church Troy's been doing worship leading and um and serving so I do a lot of the caring for the kids on Sundays and and that kind of thing but yeah I don't have any official roles I'm just I'm I'm working at starting a riot homeschooling too actually in Mm. in the fall so we're excited for that um, a little nervous, a little bit like, oh, should I do this? Should I not? But I've pretty much posted my flag of, of faith on homeschooling and I'm going to go for it. So I'll yeah. definitely have to reach out to you for some tips Gina, if you're already <laughs> sure. on, on that boat. Cause my goodness, that seems like a, a big, uh, a big, uh, task but I'm excited for it. So that's been, I guess my major focus. And like you say, I think life with kids whatever mm-hmm. you're doing on the side it's just busy like if you're at home you're busy if you're put bring mm-hmm. your kids to school and and to these activities and whatnot you're busy it just looks a little bit different so um mm-hmm. I'm excited to unpack that with you guys a little bit more how are we connected with AC I would like to just say for myself I really haven't been connected with AC I don't know actually about you guys but for myself I haven't 
necessarily even followed it up till when Troy got involved. Apologetics was a pretty foreign term to me, actually. I went to Bible school, but um, my focus was TESOL, so I didn't actually get really into the theological study too much. And for those who don't know, TESOL is teaching English as a second language, so it was mostly just English classes with a few Bible classes here and there, but um, that was a one-year program. So Apologetics is definitely a new thing. Um, however, I would say Troy and I have always been our own apologists at home. We've had a lot of debating and stuff on the side about biblical teachings, and, and it's always been out of fun and, and growth, and it's been good. But um, So it's been cool to get to see him be on this journey, and, and I've been watching from the sidelines, so it's an honor to actually be asked to be on this podcast and yeah, how about you guys? How's apologetics look like in your past and in your lives now? I think it's pretty similar for me. I maybe knew what Apologetics Canada was a little bit before Wes was actually with Apologetics Canada, but lots of the same thing, lots of debates between the two of us and talking about it at home. Um, I taught at a Christian school when I was teaching full time, so sometimes there would be topics related to apologetics that would come up there too, where we would be talking about um, apologetics in terms of equipping older students, especially the grade seven and eights. And at one point we had some high schoolers there too. Um, so I thought about it maybe professionally somewhat in that sense, but mostly just between the two of us. And then as we think about our own kids and the world we live in, but as far as formally, kind of the same thing as you, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes for sure having two small kids especially if your husband's traveling or like you said jasmine church on your own when your husband's up at the front i did not realize what my pastor's wives were doing all those years sitting with two even two kids feels like i didn't think that was that many kids and when they're three and one especially that's a lot of children to watch <laughs> on a sunday morning <laughs> on your own and get there quiet yeah. oh my goodness yeah it's a challenge Oh, that's good. How about you, Sharina? How's that been for you? Well, Steve's been with AC for a while. Um, and so I'm trying to think before then. I didn't, well, yeah, I didn't really know what apologetics was before he got connected. and But we checked it out um, together. Like, um, we went to some conferences and things. And this was before kids. So I had the time to be able to just go. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, and, and now like I, I listen to some of the podcasts and things and I, and I get to hear, um, I, I've watched like their, uh, the thinking series and that kind of thing. Um, it's definitely not on my top, like areas of passion or anything. Like it's super important and it's almost embarrassing saying that, but <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I get to hear a lot of the dialogue and you probably too, um, you know, our guys come back from an event or something and they're like, yeah, there was this question. And then they're like talking me through like their answer or like, oh, I've been thinking about this topic. And then they just like <laughs> all of this, uh, all of these big terms and like complicated arguments. And I mean, yeah, can follow it a bit, but it's like. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe you should call up uh, Wes or Troy or Andy and have this conversation with them. Anyway, but yeah. It's like that it's kind smile of and nod. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I think we all have to have those moments at one yeah, point yeah. or another. <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, my but goodness. But it has been cool with kids, though. Like, um, you know, the, it's surprising that even at six or whatever, the kids have these really deep questions sometimes that seem to come out of the blue, like, oh, you're actually thinking about these things. And then you get to see how um, apologetics can be actually very practical in answering their questions or even just going on that journey of discovery with them and not kind of um, cutting off that curiosity and just like, mm -hmm. well, because the Bible says so. And, you know, that's that. Um, but it's, it's cool to be able to explore that with them. Yeah, you know, it's cool. My uh, daughter, she's been listening to the Human Project for Kids podcast lately. Mm -hmm. She will not go to bed without it. She wants to listen to it every single night. And Aww. it's it's so cool, though, because 
she's picking up on certain conversations that are being had. Like, um, I actually wondered how much she would catch on to, but it was good information. So I'm like, why not? And she comes up to me random moments and we'll just have these questions or like, hey, mom, did you know that Jesus or, you know, and really the fact of even at that age, they're understanding a lot more than I would give credit for. I don't know, like, and I guess maybe as a, as you get more experienced as a mom, you, you do understand. Like I, I even see with my son, he understands a lot more at his age than I gave Araya credit for at that age, right? Like I yeah, understand absolutely. now what he's, he should be able to understand where at her age, I was like, I don't know. And I wasn't actually around kids a lot until I had Araya, to mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. So I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, which sounds funny, but I don't know. There's probably other moms that feel that way too oh, yeah. sometimes. So I'm just <laughs> going to say that. But so it's cool now with a second kid, how I feel there's expectations I have for him that I didn't even have for Raya because I've experienced it now. And so that's been a fun, a fun journey. And so even when it comes to those questions with, with Jesus and, and the interest in, in her relationship with God, I'm, I'm really seeing her explore that a lot more as she gets older and those questions, those big questions. And I'm thankful to have the backing that I do um, with just having an understanding of my faith and being, having even a place to ask questions. Like even if I, if I want to know something deeper, Troy can go to Andy or Steve or Wes and and ask those bigger questions and have a discussion and, and bring it back home. So that's been a really cool place to community to have for sure. Um, so I guess we're here to talk about motherhood, right? We're here to, to, for a Mother's Day special. Mom's taken over the AC podcast, woo woo. <laughs> but uh, we're missing Nancy. We love you, Nancy, if you're listening. But we are taking over. But actually, we wanted to also address some marriage topics. There was a, a few questions that our husbands had for us. Um, and so we wanted to address some of those as well. And the first one, it's talking about blending your families. So I know that I come from an interracial marriage. And Shereen, you do as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how has that been? What, is that, what does that look like for you, even for blending families that are not interracial? What does that look like for you guys? And how is, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so my husband is Korean, and he was born there and came to Canada uh, in his kind of teenage years. And I'm born and raised Canadian, Albertan. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there, we've come from different backgrounds although Steve is very much Canadian like culturally now and um but yeah like actually I, I often forget that um that I guess we are different races um it's it's kind of I don't know I guess you know people would look at us and it would be maybe obvious to them but I mean I I live with the guy you know he's he's my husband more than anything else, um, to me. And it's only, it's only when I go to say something about, you know, like I'm, I'm telling a story or something and it's like a white guy or something. And I, I don't know, I just don't even realize sometimes that Steve doesn't fit into that category. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, I, I'd be interested to see how, how you think of this, uh, too, Jasmine, because maybe, I don't know, the appearance of a, a white woman with a, an Asian man maybe isn't so stark a contrast between um, the two of you. Uh, so it'd be interesting to hear what you say over there. But um, yeah, I often forget it. And it, it only really comes out in um, topics of culture uh, or food um, or like when, um, when our kids are like misbehaving or something. Um, Steve's like background is like the, the parenting there is really focused on respect for your elders and so it comes out every so often that he'll be the one like leading that charge whereas I guess maybe I'm not as uh firm on those points but I'm, I'm grateful because uh he can take that on but and 
and Steve and I have also been pretty chill about our <laughs> about race in general in our family. I don't know if you guys have this too, but for several years we would just like joke about, oh, it's it's because you use chopsticks or whatever, like, um, and Steve would then put them on his Facebook page as like, oh, Sharina's quote racist end quote uh, quote of the day or whatever. <laughs> and, and if you didn't know me, like, I guess you could read those and it would seem quite abrupt and like, oh, that yeah. sounds awkward, but it was all in jest. And we both felt comfortable about it. And he would laugh with me on it and stuff. And it's usually having to do with, yeah, the chopsticks or like, open your eyes, honey, can't you see? And it's like, it's not, it wasn't from a place of like racism it was just making fun of who we were and he would say the same things about me in a different way anyways yeah so it hasn't been a whole lot of uh really hard stuff but uh could be just where we're at and how long he's been around here and stuff like that but 100 yeah i i can relate to some of that even you melissa i know that um you guys aren't necessarily mixed races but still you're blending families and what does that look like in your home or what does that look like for you guys specifically well something that might be maybe unique about Wes and I is that we aren't um, different in terms of our like racial background but culturally Wes grew up as a missionary kid in the Middle East he was born in Pakistan and then he lived in Jordan and then he lived in small towns of Ontario which is still different than me like growing up largely in Barrie I was born in Toronto we lived in Muskoka, but we really have been, I've lived in Ontario my whole life. I haven't traveled, certainly outside of North America. And until I was at least a teenager, I hadn't traveled outside of Canada. So there's still a level of cultural variety, I guess, that he's coming from that is very different. And his mom was a missionary kid as well. And her dad was all over the place. He was in Hong Kong. He was in Afghanistan. He was in India. So... I do think there have been differences culturally. For example, curry is a very staple food in their family that I had never had in my entire life until we started dating because uh, I grew up in Muskoka. So you don't, unless you really like Indian food, you don't go get Indian food in Bracebridge. It's just not right. there to be had. So now my kids love curry and I'm like, oh, curry is a really baby friendly food. You can make like a lentil curry. It's great for a one year old, but growing up never would have, you know, we were pretty Canadian, if you will. So there are things like that. And then there's also a lot of British influence that comes along with that because the schools that they were in were generally British schools. Wes's dad worked um, with the British Anglican Church in, in Jordan, right? Um, he's sitting here beside me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're just little, a lot of little things, phrases or things he'll say that he thinks everyone knows what they mean. And I'll say, I've never heard that in my entire life. Like, what do you mean? Can you just speak plain English? Um, but yeah, not to the extent for sure of being a biracial family. And that wouldn't be obvious in public for sure. Or with other people, unless they were talking about, you know, a missionary kid or pastor's kid. Um, but I think Wes probably had an experience as like what they call a third culture kid. And certainly his mom did and talks about that a lot, but yeah, they did wild, they did wild things, sneaking cars away in the night and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. That's that you know it's interesting hearing that side because for me actually you would look at Troy and I and you're like, "Oh wow, you guys come from completely different races, probably different cultures." Like there's a, a lot of assumption look when you look at us because Troy is he was born in Jamaica, but he was adopted when he was only 18 months old and brought to Canada to a white family in Regina, Saskatchewan. And so he was actually raised in a, in the prairies, just like I was. I was raised in a small town just on the border of Saskatchewan and Manitoba called Russell. And so we, and we were both raised in the church. Um, his dad was a pastor in the church and they were in an inner city church. I was in a very conservative, um, you know, small town church. So there was a little bit of, of difference in those areas, but truthfully, like, when we were getting to know each other and and looking at our backgrounds, besides his adoption story and stuff like that, the way that we were raised was actually very similar. And so it's it's cool because, yeah, like you said, looking at you guys, 
you wouldn't necessarily think that there's much difference in, in your cultures or background, but you honestly have a lot more probably diversity in the things that you deal with on a cultural level than Troy and I do because of, of where he was raised. Now, to say that I understand a lot of his struggles and in, in, in just being a black man in, in a white, um, primarily white country and, and community, then I... I would be lying. I don't understand what he goes through in that way. But just from where we were raised and the way that we blended our home, it was actually fairly easy for us because um, we came from similar backgrounds. Um, even being able to understand our outlook on the church and our experiences in the church were very similar. So that's really cool to hear your guys' stories. And, and like you said, Shana, like with those um, jokes at home and, and, you know, we've, we've honestly, we've been very gentle with each other in, in talking about races. And I think like for, for me specifically with a blended white and, and black household with our kids and, and raising them, I've had to come to an understanding that there is a, there is a difference in our cultures and there's a sensitivity that I need to have as, as being a white mom raising kids that are mixed, um, and so that has been something I have, even as of lately, just really trying to come to terms with and, and understand and be able to ask Troy questions about things that I should be more sensitive that maybe I am just really ignorant about. And so always having those questions for him because I might think it's okay to, to talk about certain things or like, for example, um, Troy and I were talking the other day about monkeys and and how... I, I was like, I want my kid to just, if he wants to go around and act like a monkey, that that's okay, you know? And then Troy's like, you know what? There's a lot of history that you need to you need to look at before you just go and say, like, this is okay. Even though, yes, we want our kids to be able to operate in any way that they want to, there are some things we need to let them know about that is going to protect them from from uh, greater struggles and stuff like that. So I've had to come to some real heart shifts and be like, in reality, you know, things like, I do need to be careful with certain issues and I, I really need to take them seriously because in our home they might be safe, but outside of our home, what does that look like to the rest of the world? So yeah, it sure. is, it's, it's interesting raising um, from any culture, what that brings into. I think that's that'd be a good um, transition to maybe share a little bit about, so in your home, maybe that's what it, it's looked like, but how has it looked like raising kids with th that blending of cultures or blending of your relationship? What does that look like for parenting? Um, yeah, we talk a lot about race and culture and language and stuff in our house. And the kids have a very good understanding of their background, um, ethnically and, you know, heritage and stuff. And so, um, yeah, we, we try to celebrate that. The kids are learning Korean, uh, as much as we can. Uh, it's a bit tricky cause there's nobody here who speaks Korean. So it's like a dedicated effort to speak Korean yeah. here. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you. that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you guys. Uh, not to say that I really speak it, but you know, Steve and the kids can do that. So <laughs> good. It's hard. So good. It's hard. But yeah, I like we we made sure that their their names um are pronounceable by uh a Korean person and and an English speaking person and their second name, like their middle name is Korean as well. So they have like that built into their their name, like their it's part of their identity there. But yeah, like there was, there were times when the baby, when my kids were babies and we would like go to the park, just me and the kids. And I think at that point too, that, you know, just during their development, their Asian features really stuck out. Um, and so you could tell that people who looked at us were like trying to put the puzzle together, trying to figure out like, how do these people relate to each other? And is this a family? And because they couldn't see any Asian features in me, and how do they, yeah. So you could kind of see that, and so often when I would introduce myself to, you know, someone new at church or something like that, I was like, oh yeah, here's my kids, yeah, my husband is Korean, he's, you know, like I just kind of had to fill in the blanks, just, I don't know, just to help them 
figure it out, I guess. Jasmine, it'd be interesting to see what you think about this. Um, I am concerned, or not concerned, I'm worried for the day that my daughter Maya will grow up and uh, get to the point where she's like wearing makeup and stuff like that. I don't know how to do eye makeup for an Asian oh, eye. And it's right. just like, I hadn't really thought of that. And that I have no experience in it. And so I guess we're going to have to learn together. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting, like, cultural learning opportunity. But right. yeah, Jasmine, have you thought of that? Like, like your girl's hair or something like that? Have you had uh, thoughts so- like that? It's so cool. <laughs> I, when I was pregnant with Araya, I was really wondering, like, oh, man, how am I going to do her hair? I have had, like, super straight hair my entire life, and it's been hard to even get a little bit of curl in it. So I've been like, how is this going to happen? But she came out with the softest curls. I was, oh, like, it is actually super easy to manage, and I'm grateful because I've, I don't know if I would have been able to manage. I mean, you figure it out, right? Like, yeah. I th- I think about even um, YouTube is a great place to learn. Let me tell you, <laughs> I I had wanted to make Troy a really traditional Jamaican meal one time, and I'm just I just was researching all these Jamaican cooks, real traditional, like get the real good good ones, um, <laughs> where the accent is strong and everything, and you're you're <laughs> learning from the best. And so I I really did my research and. And the internet's great for those things. I think you can find a lot. And then just sharing those, even that thing, that um, conversation with your child of being like, mommy doesn't really understand. You know, I've never done mm-hmm. this before. Just being vulnerable with them. Being like, I, I don't have uh, curly hair. I have really straight hair. But your mm-hmm. hair is absolutely beautiful. And... Mm-hmm. And we're going to figure this out. What do you like? Showing her pictures of little... I've, I've gone through pictures on my phone and just shown her little hairstyles with curly hair and let her yeah. pick what she likes. And just going on that adventure together and being vulnerable with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, you know, realizing that we are all made differently. And uh, even when it comes to skin color for her, Ryan and I had that conversation the other day. Like, she's sitting beside me and she... She was uh, putting her hand beside mine and being like, "Mommy, my hand, my skin's darker than your skin. I, I wish that we, I had lighter skin." And I was like, "Why?" And uh, she's like, "Well, I want to match with you." And I said, "Baby girl, you and daddy, you, me, <laughs> mommy and daddy mixed together make you. That's pretty cool. And you and Zizi, and it also built builds that bond between her and her brother because you guys match. You're the same." But we don't all need to be the same. And and just mm-hmm. some of those conversations and those, you know, like I make up when it comes. It's also just being vulnerable with them and saying mom doesn't know, but mm-hmm. I really want to learn with you. And that's going to be fun. And I think as a mom, we face those situations mm-hmm. all the time Hey, in different ways. But when it comes to race or the way that we look, it it does you know, those conversations are always a little more touchy, mm-hmm. I think. But vulnerability and honesty, I don't think anything can go wrong from there, right? I That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think, Melissa? Is there any things like that with you and your kids even? So something that's interesting, again, that's just different about Wes and my experience is that we live right in the city of Toronto And so our church is really, truly multicultural. It's not, um, you know, you live near Little Italy, so there's a high Italian population. It really is. There's a lot of languages and a lot of different representations of ethnic and cultural backgrounds. And so in some ways, though, my kids, you know, have are very white, especially Eli, who looks more like Wes, who, you know, just has like (laughs) he's fair. Um, (laughs) But when I think of my experience growing up and even how that filters into, say, the books that I'm thinking about putting on our shelf, it's really important to me that the books that we're reading or the meals we're eating are representative of the people that they're around. And so they actually just by nature of being around people, you know, for example, we had a Christmas Advent celebration where we invited a lot of the younger couples from our church over and we were having it was kind of a potluck, like hot appetizer sort of thing. And someone was bringing some charcuterie and they said, do you have chopsticks like to use as tongs to put out the meat? And I was like, I am so sorry. I know I should have chopsticks by now, but we don't. 
Um, and they were like, oh, okay, well, well what do you use? And I was like, uh, like a fork. And they're like, <laughs> okay, I guess I can do that. <laughs> but like, that's just kind of our everyday experience that it makes sense that I would think to myself then like, oh, we should like, yeah, we should go get some chopsticks. Our kids probably know how to use chopsticks. Like this is a normal thing for us to do. Um, and even something that has come up with one of my friends recently is that there's a, a lot of books coming out, especially there's some new kids Christian books that are really, really great. The illustrations are very diverse. Um, and so we're talking about this, that this has kind of come a long way. And she is um, Chinese. And she was like, yeah, it's still really hard to find, especially like dolls that are Asian looking. And I was like, that's true. Everly has four baby dolls, which is more than any one-year-old needs, but she has four of them. And two are black and two are white. None are Asian. There's no like redheaded doll or something like that. And she was like, I found one, this one doll we had comes from like a line of dolls. And she was like, I found an Asian one and I flipped out. I was so happy. I bought it for my daughter right away. And I was like, yeah, I haven't even thought like that far ahead, but that's like a very common occurrence for me. And it is in the forefront of my mind a lot. Even the school I taught at was very just diverse in that way. So I think that's been really good for us. And when we go back home to our smaller towns, we really feel it. And <laughs> we're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. really just white. Um, right. So I'm thankful for that. I think even if we move out of the city, that will hopefully stick with us. Like, how did my three-year-old get his favorite foods to be like sushi and <laughs> curry? And like, it's a, it's very, it's a wide range of things he likes to eat on a regular basis. And I love that. Um, yeah. So maybe yeah. unique a little bit. Yeah. I think being in our, our society that we're in today, we are a lot more um, focused on including every race uh, in our parenting. I've talked to a lot of parents that, that in the same way, just want to include um, all different cultures. And I think it's so beautiful that, because even I look back to the way I was raised and, um, you know, in a small town specifically, there wasn't really, I didn't eat anything but my very, like, farm traditionally farm cooked the home cooked meals like the mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. roasted chicken with gravy and some frozen boiled veggies like that was (laughs) you know and so I I can say the same with our home like we're super we're super um intentional about trying different cultural foods and stuff we lived with a East Indian family for a while like in the in a basement suite and so it was really neat for my daughter to get to build a relationship with their daughter and they would invite her up for roti and and sh- serve us a chai all the time and she was getting to, you know, uh, and all their curries and stuff like that. And it was really neat to, to see her love that food and love those cultures and ask me questions and and actually have some of the tools and the opportunity to share other cultures with her. I think that's just such a unique um, experience that I think our parents didn't have. They just didn't have it, at least in our small town, they didn't have any, um, anyone to reach out to in different cultures to try and learn from. And it really narrows your worldview. And so I think I, I, we are, we're in Surrey in Canada now and in, in, in BC. And so here there is, like you say, in Toronto, there's a lot of, um, diversity in culture. And so it's, uh, it's a cool, cool time of life to be raising our kids in this world. Uh, I think we'll transition into the motherhood questions and and just talk a little bit what what it means to be a mom. Like what the question I have here is, what does it mean for you to be a mom? That's a big question. We could narrow it down a little bit. We could say, I guess maybe what are some of the challenges that you've faced in being a mom? What is it, whether it be for, from, we've talked a lot about race and that side of things, but um, let's just talk about motherhood in general. Like, what are some of the the struggles and what are some of the things that you've felt like you've overcome in the last little while with being a mom? I think I'm one of those people who always wanted to be a mom, which is not everyone's experience, for sure, and it doesn't have to be. I think a lot of people weren't really sure if they wanted kids or even felt nervous that they felt like as a Christian, they 
thought that it was good to have kids or to have a desire to have kids but weren't sure they would like their kids I was not that person I was for sure the baby magnet who was like I want when I was really young I wanted so many kids I was in like youth group talking about how I wanted 14 kids so and everyone would be like okay dial it back (laughs) Um, so I think one of the things that I really loved about motherhood is that I was scared I would be disappointed that I wanted to be a mom my whole life and that I would be let down because people talked about how hard it was and the sleeplessness and birth is difficult and pregnancy is difficult and in wanting to be honest and vulnerable with each other which is I think something our mother's generations and especially even before them maybe didn't have they just kind of we just kind of muscled through it and so we have this safety net of like we talk about postpartum depression and we talk about the struggles of motherhood and that's been a really good thing but I was just so scared I would be disappointed by how hard and how bad it would be and um, I remember saying to my principal's wife I was pregnant and still working at that point and I said I just I can picture how painful birth could be like I at least have some frame of reference I've experienced physical pain or hard things and so then I just go okay well it's going to be harder than that so great but I can't picture the moment that I'm going to hold the baby and I can't picture the good part of it and that's kind of making me crazy I'm just feeling anxious and she said well that's the beauty of the whole thing is that God's grace in it is that it's actually better than you could have ever imagined and if you could have imagined it it would have been so limited to your own view of God's goodness. And that was honestly what got me through or over that hump in my mind to be able to go, okay, this is going to be hard, but it's going to be good, even if it doesn't go at all how I planned, but that in so many ways it will be better. Um, And I think that's continued to be true. There definitely have been things that you know, right now they're, like I said, one in three, everyone talked about that being a really hard stage of two toddlers and you can't really picture it till you're in it. You know, yesterday, like I just said to us, this was a hard, it was a hard day. It was not a bad day, but it was hard. There were a lot of tantrums. There were a lot of tears. Everyone was having a hard time. Everyone was tired. And that doesn't mean it's bad, but it's hard. Um, but like then snuggling with them and laughing with them and all those things. So I don't know, to me, in some ways it's just normal life. And I think sometimes we create it as this like, and then I will be a mom and my whole being will change. And in some ways it does. And I don't think we should try to find who we were before we were a mom, because I think God is just always changing us and growing us. But in a lot of other ways, I was kind of surprised by like, I'm still Melissa. I'm just Melissa as a mom. And all those things are still there. They just look a little different. That's such a good point that, um, that you made with not trying to be the person that you were before. I think I struggled with that personally when becoming a mom because you go through this process of letting go. I, I was a little different than you. Like I I thought about kids growing up, but it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I can't wait for the day I have kids. And um, when I got pregnant, it was like, okay, like let's buckle down and do this. Yeah. And I really had to get on board with the idea of, uh, and even that transition into motherhood of letting go of that, selfishness you know that focus on self it was hard it was a hard transition for Troy and I and um and then I I started wanting to get back to who I was before and realizing like I can't do the things I did before and there's this wrestle within you um so really just putting on this mindset of I am a mom but I'm still me but who I am now doesn't have to be who I was then God is still creating me to be new and growing me. And that's a really good, positive mindset to have because you can really get lost in that of like, oh, I'm not who I was before. And almost, I don't know, for me at least, I felt like I had lost part of who I was. Um, And so that was a wrestle to try and figure out who I am as a mom, but still being Jasmine and, and a wife and all these different titles that you start putting on in life. And being okay with that person that you once were changing throughout that process. What does that look like for you, Sharina? Yeah, I totally identify with that too. Like, um, I haven't been the most typical mother figure. Like it was never, yeah, my, my dream role or whatever, but, um, and I was pretty like determined. I wanted to produce, uh, uh, 
sorry, I wanted to per- pursue my career and do all of these things. And I was focused on that. And after having kids, yeah, like you said, like the, <laughs> the denial of self was really quite a shock. And, um, and I tried to do parenting and career at the same time for a while. And, and I, I mean, like, it's possible to do both, but like, I guess my emphasis was off. Like it was, it was almost like I was trying to fit my kids around my career. And just in this last year, when we decided to homeschool, which is something I never thought I would do, but God has a way of doing all the things in my life that I said I would never do. So here we are homeschooling. <laughs> and, and like that has required me to uh, reduce my hours and kind of shift around my work to fit around my family. And it, it wasn't natural at all for me to do, but it has been so life-giving for me. And our family has become closer and stronger and just, yeah, it's cool to see how God is um, growing me and changing my character <laughs> just a tiny bit closer to what he wants for me to be, right? And mm-hmm. through something like parenting. And I truly do see myself right now as my role as mom is to be there for my kids, but like to to set them up for one day when they go out on their own and mm-hmm. and that is okay. Like that, that is my job and, and supporting my husband and all of these things doesn't mean that I lose myself in that, but that is my emphasis right now. And yeah, and I'm okay with that. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's like, ask me five, 10 years ago, and that would be so crazy, but it's so cool. God, God does his work and yeah. Um, it's good. it's a good, it's a beautiful journey, right? Like I, I really enjoyed that seeing the growth of myself through the process. I, I have a tendency to get caught up in the things I do wrong a lot. And I focus on, on those things. And, and God has been really addressing that in my life as of even lately, like really just having grace for myself as a mom, because, uh, and as a, just a, as a woman, like I, I can't, expect myself to have it all figured out my kids are one and four like I have just started this journey and so for me to feel like I can be exactly who I want to be be the the mom the woman that I want to be the wife like doing there's everybody's on their own journey right and I can't compare I think that's a, a huge one me and my friend were talking the other day about motherhood and a big thing was for us uh, even starting out as a mom I've I found a hard time connecting with other moms um, when I first had Araya specifically because when you'd get around other moms I'd naturally just start comparing myself right and I'd start oh you're doing this like should I be doing that oh your kids are already like you know walking and talking and and should my daughter be doing this? And, and I, I naturally just started comparing, but allowing myself to just focus in on, you know, loving my kids, focusing my attention on them, doing my best to be the best version of myself and then being okay with that journey and, and having the grace in those times when you're feeling like you're, you're not measuring up. Mm-hmm. Those are cool air quotes for those listeners. <laughs> I'm not measuring up to the the standards of what other people might look like they're doing or and just being okay with with where we're at. Melissa, I I was going to ask you if you have any tips or or things to share about what brought you to the place of just being okay with with your journey and just putting on that mindset of of motherhood for yourself is there anything that's helped you along that way of being melissa as a as a woman and as a mom and as a wife do you have any things to share with the listeners i think one of the things for me that i've said to wes a lot recently is that i have been surprised how much theology matters to me as a mom because that really is what gives the value to the really mundane tasks of having little kids and i always say i feel like small children and actually the same thing as a teacher of 
kindergarten students who are three and four at the beginning of the year is just so much of it is you're going on faith. You're like, well, I hope this consistency in this area will reap fruit, but today mm-hmm. it's not, or today mm-hmm. it doesn't appear to be. I just like hope it will. And so maybe one thing that I encourage myself with as a teacher is that now I supply teach and I teach those kids in their grade three and four or five and six. And I often will like tear up watching them do something and because I remember three-year-old them and yet still so often at home with my own three-year-old I just am like this is never going to work I'm just a failure I'm like alone in the house with me and my sinful self Mm. like just losing my patience all day Mm. but this is going nowhere but the theology of knowing that this is a person created in the image of God who has an eternal soul that I've been entrusted with has extreme value. And Mm -hmm. so actually just slowing down and stopping what I'm doing, that might be really, really important that there's so much value in doing that and just talking to him and my daughter too. She's starting to talk now. And um, I really have found that in the last year, especially I've had to really coach myself through a lot more of that. And I just keep coming back to that phrase that theology matters Um, and how I view my kids and motherhood. And that doesn't mean I think everyone needs to be a stay-at-home mom, but that just the value and the worth in it. And I also think I've gone through that same process of having to just lay down my own selfishness. Yes, there's self-care. You need rest. You need sleep. You need food. I definitely will be like, oh, yeah, you're so grumpy because you haven't eaten any protein today. That would probably help. Um, (laughs) But that desire to just like zone out and watch a show or something like that, Mm -hmm. or I really struggled with feeling owed sleep that like I was entitled to a certain amount of sleep and my baby was taking it from me. Like, how dare they? And I would be so mad. And I really had to just sacrifice that. Like, I'm not God never said you're entitled to sleep. Yes, good is sleep is good. And God created us to need sleep. And so, you know, we can extrapolate from there that it's good to want to sleep. It's, It's not a bad thing. But that, like, maybe this is just something that tonight I just need to actually sacrifice my own desire for this right now. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm rambling, but I think it's just that's been very shaping for me as a person, as a whole, as I relate to other people in our church. And my, and then also just, like, my own mom just being so thankful for, like, wow, I had no idea what you did. She homeschooled us. And I was like, mom, people don't think it's a good idea to homeschool. I thought it was great. I thought everyone thought it was great. But no, people probably told you that you were being Mm -hmm. totally irresponsible. And she was like, yeah, some some people. But like, yeah, I just didn't realize that. And all the sleepless nights and. It's a lot. Yeah. I think one thing for myself, um, when it came to even the sleep, the sleep uh, topic, my goodness, as a mom, I think we're all in that boat at some point and um a big thing for me was just asking the lord for more sometimes it's you're so caught up in like oh i'm so tired and you just want to stay in that mindset of like i'm just gonna make it through the day but really taking a moment to 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 pray and ask ask god like can you give me some more so i can pour out to to your kids and recognizing that these are your kids I want to give them your love, even in my lowest moments. <clears throat> and so I've had to stop what I'm doing and just ask for more patience or ask for more. And and those little moments um, really help shift shift your mindset and be like, I can step with <laughs> outside of my my emotions and what I'm feeling and, and step into the grace that God has given me to love these kids on my hardest days a phrase that I have loved uh, and really stood on in in raising my kids is like I, I'm discipling my kids you know and and seeing it in that light because it really changes it from like these are mine you know I can be some selfish with my kids and and just think that they should just respond the way that I tell them to respond like how silly right that they are their own person and seeing them in that light and seeing them as, as disciples and they're really going to get the fruit of what you pour into them. And so sharing my love of Jesus for them. It's so funny how I've recognized in my own life, how 
we can go day to day, which is getting through tasks and and getting our meals eaten and, you know, whatever activities we choose for the day. But I haven't taken time to share what I've even been learning. And I guess me and my daughter, we we're, we talk a lot now. Like she's talked for a long time already, which is a blessing and it's been really hard too but um she's talking by like one and full conversation so I've had to learn how to talk things through with her at a young age and it's been uh, it's been a process but really getting to share the things I'm learning with her and and see her light up about those things and and be on this journey together with her and and share the things that have been hard for me even and and allowing her in to a certain degree obviously you have to have those boundaries and stuff but really being vulnerable with her in my relationship with with God and and then seeing that blossom in her life too so Sharina do you have any tips or things that you've learned throughout your motherhood journey that you'd want to share yeah I think it's along the same lines um learning to see my kids as humans Mm -hmm. (laughs) as strange as that sounds um that you know they have big feelings big emotions they're trying to process things they're they're going through those those stages of someone is telling me to do something but I really don't want to do that and I think that I have a better way of doing it or I have you know all of these things are going on inside their heads and they're not just these little robots that I can just be like, do this, and then they go do it. Um, <laughs> and it's funny how, how like, you know, in, in Andy's terms, like dehumanizing my kids, right? Yeah. And so, um, and, and now my daughter is, well, she's going to be nine in September. So she's getting to that, like, older child age where she's starting to push back on uh, things like, she has her, her own way of doing things or she, yeah, she thinks that there's um, a reason to do something differently or whatever. And I remember it was around that age, maybe a couple years from now, when I had a lot of conflict with my mom about how we thought we should do things. And I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to approach it when I get there, but I just know that Maya is a human and God made her and, you know, I need to validate the things that she's mm-hmm. feeling. And like you said, like be vulnerable and starting to have those conversations of, um, yeah, I, I am feeling this way too. I'm, I'm frustrated or, um, uh, like I, maybe I didn't speak to you the way I should have. And that, that was wrong of me. Like, would you forgive me? And just being open with her and, and just, I guess, navigating it together with her yeah having humility and seeing her as a her own little person yeah I didn't realize what how much um of it is it really a journey together before I had kids right I didn't see it like that looking from the outside in but now being a mom and just seeing how you're really so intertwined like your growth is with your kids it's not just I'm teaching my kids you know you're you're growing and learning together I think one thing about our family is that don't necessarily apply to everybody, but we are from ministry families in one form or another. And one of the the things that was being asked was, what does it really look like being involved in in a ministry as a mom? Did you want to sh- shed some light on that, Melissa, and just share your... I know we addressed it a yeah. little bit earlier, but how has that looked for you? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the factors for sure is, in my case, um, and probably in your both of yours too, is that West travels. So some people's husbands don't go away sometimes mm-hmm. for a week or a weekend or things like that. And so I see it as um, there are pros and cons to that. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we kind of had planned to travel together a lot while we didn't have to pay for Eli's plane ticket. Um, but then there was a pandemic um, mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of, of by the time we got comfortable doing that, because of course your first baby takes you a little bit. So generally right now he travels on his own, which means I'm back at home. But the flip side is that he can just then stay home the next week on a Monday because he was gone for the weekend or last week I got really sick 
um, with just some kind of like virus, who knows. And so he stayed home Thursday morning. He was like, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to be gone on the weekend. Like I'm going to work all day Saturday. That's totally fine. And he can be super flexible. So mm -hmm. I do think it's hard when he's gone. And there is a, certainly a challenge in that. But I remember one of my friends who has four kids said to me once, like, I wish I could go back to when I had one kid and it was such a big deal when my husband was gone and he traveled and now it's not. Now that I've had time to practice and get used to it and I have four kids now, it should be harder. Mm -hmm. And she said, I made him like, I made it so hard for him and I wish I hadn't done that. And she wasn't saying like, just suck it up, but mm -hmm. just like know that it gets easier and yeah think about how your struggles like might affect him not that you shouldn't share or be open but just keep that in mind that he might not want to travel in terms of leaving you behind as well like he might be feeling bad about it so I think I try to as much as I can just go okay how can I make how can I serve all of us by maybe being a little more prepared so this weekend it was I didn't cook a ton I next week he's going to be gone for the week so I'll probably prep most of our dinners and that way I don't feel so like upset that he's gone he doesn't feel so bad so sometimes there's little stuff like that mm -hmm. um and I think then also just taking advantage of the times that we can be together we also plan to homeschool next year that's a huge part of it if he's gone during like an evening or a weekend and particularly our son really loves his sleep he could sleep 13 hours at night and then nap three hours still he sleeps more than his little sister for sure wow. so he's not going to be the kid that you can just keep up till 10 all the time if like you know so he can see daddy so yeah. there's a huge benefit to that to me like we can hike we can do these things on a tuesday morning Wes could just be part of their school day um so i guess to summarize that would maybe be just finding time together and finding practical ways to just make that easier on everybody, especially if I can plan ahead. For sure. Yeah, yeah totally. I was going to say the same. Um, just having him around during the week on you know, random time, not every family gets to have that. So that mm -hmm. is definitely a bonus. And Steve has been really active in our homeschool, actually. Um, and so it's kind of like a partnership kind of project that we're doing together, which is awesome. And... While I may not be going to his events or, or, you know, being able to support him physically in the moment uh, during his presentations or whatever, um, when he gets to come back and, you know, debrief what happened or um, he's, you know, thinking through a topic and, yeah, maybe I don't fully understand the topic or whatever, but I get to hear and see how excited he is. And so, yeah, if there are those moments where it's hard with the kids... Um, I get to see what my role is allowing him to do, right? And he's mm -hmm. having those really important um, connections and and it's feeding his soul too. You know, he gets yeah. so excited when he gets to do that. And um, so I think our role as wives and moms um, for our husbands, they like, we get to free them up to do what God has called them to do. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that's like our only role that God gives us, but it is a very yeah. special part of it that we get yeah. to be contributing to this um, ministry in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely found that for for myself, like with Troy, he does music as well. So that's been a kind of fun thing with our kids, especially at this age, because there's so much innocence to them. Um, so how much they love seeing their dad perform and seeing their dad do these things and listening to his music and knowing some of the words like it's those yeah. kind of things that even though there's the late nights and stuff where, where they don't get to see daddy or whatever but uh, overall it's just it's such a blessing to watch them watch their dad watch them learn from those moments and and um even even when we do get to be at an event or, or something and, and getting to them to see, just see them interacting with, um, like we've done some youth events, so they just go and interact with the youth and and that's a, a pretty special experience for them and I'm, gr I'm so grateful for it. And it's worth the sacrifice of, you know, the, the weekends when we're home alone and, and those things. So it is such a blessing to get to serve with our husbands in that way. And it really is a, it's a partnership. And so 
Yeah, motherhood's such a beautiful journey. I love getting to share our stories and stuff as moms. I just getting to hear perspectives and and things like that. It's that's how we really sharpen each other, right? Iron sharpens iron. It's we're we're keeping ourselves um, headed towards our, our the finish line, right? The goal and and training them up so that they can one day learn from the things that we have learned. So I'm, I, I don't know. This was such a blessing to be on this with you guys. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. This was definitely new for all of us, but I think we took on the challenge pretty well. And I hope we made our husbands proud too. I was encouraged by our conversation and I pray you listeners are as well. Motherhood is a journey. So thanks for stopping by. The AC podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. So make sure you like and subscribe on all streaming platforms. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to interact with us on social media. We love hearing from you. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And until next time, love God, love people. Bye for now. Be you.